All information contained in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. You should consider the appropriateness of this information with regards to your individual objectives, financial situation, and needs. Welcome to Sharing More Than The Sheets, a podcast to help you and your partner make better financial and lifestyle decisions so that you can both focus on the things that you love. I'm your host, Michael Curry, financial planner, green thumb, husband, and just dad. This podcast is part of a short series to help and encourage current and potential small business owners to improve and grow. I will be talking to experts in their fields, as well as successful business owners, and we will be discussing what they do and how they do it so well. As a financial advisor, for years, I've been helping people manage their money to know what's coming in, what's going out, what they should do with the money when it comes in what they shouldn't be doing, and what they probably should be doing. Today, I have with me a guest, Gavin S. Porter from Gavin S. Porter Business Advisory, who is a chief financial officer. In my eyes, he's essentially the guy that knows everything about money when it comes to business. Um, He does, in a way, a lot of – it's very similar to what a financial advisor does on a personal level, but he does it on a business level, um, and he does much more than that, as you'll hear in a moment. Gavin, thank you so much for being here. Oh, no worries, Michael. It's great to be here. Yeah, no, it's uh, when I first you know came across what you do and you know started looking into your work and your your experience um, industry wise, I actually got really excited because you know again as an advisor, I help people with their money on a personal level, but there's always this area where we can't really go because as an advisor, we you know, when we're talking business, when we're talking complex company structures, when we're talking the ins and outs of a company, it takes a lot of experience to really understand that world, you know. And, you know, can you just maybe give us a brief background on, you know, your journey to, to, to where you are today and, and what you actually currently do? Yeah, no worries, Michael. Well, um, I do, I um, have a commerce business degree from UQ. So my journey in the area of in, in employment, in accounting, I've always been an accountant in businesses. So if you like what's referred to as management accounting. So I've been the guy usually in a finance team in a business that helps keep the business on track in terms of its cash flow and profitability. So my first job out of uni was, um, funnily enough, helping cost for the um cost and profitability for the airline airline industry at Snapfresh in Brisbane, which was owned by Qantas. So I cut my teeth um, pulling on the, um, you know, what, what's referred to as the food safety clothes and um, doing stock takes in fridges and working with chefs to make sure Qantas made um, cost-effective airline meals. Um, that was my first job out of uni. From there, I worked in I worked for Cussins, so the Cussins, uh, you know, people would know them from you know Imperial Leather, Radiant Duo, Morning Fresh. So that was in Melbourne. Um, I helped obviously keep the profitability and the cost manage for those kind of products. Um, from there, I moved into working into um, a family business, being um, Balcorp. I know people would see Serena Tomato, uh, Serena Tuna, and Legina Tomatoes. Uh, at the time, the family that um, had the distributorship also had Lavazza and Dilmar Coffee. Um, so I helped, obviously, help the finance team and the owners there manage the um, costs 
and inputs and the profitability of the products within those um, businesses. And so all of these all of these roles have been around helping, um, you know, large corporates or nationals. And then um, at the same time, the bigger family businesses manage the profitability and cash within their businesses. My family's history um, has been a might attend or now is an independent hardware store over 138 years um, in the Mackay region. Um, it's been uh, now part of the Mitre 10 group. And after spending these you know, years, I think it was 10 years here um, in, in Australia, then a couple of years in, in the UK, helping working with the banking and finance industry, similar sort of things with Visa Europe, Allied Irish Bank, working with departments in those organisations to track the profitability of um, particular divisions or organisations and also track how the cash flows with that profitability because sometimes there's obviously a timing mismatch between those things. I brought all that experience back, became the Chief Financial Officer of Porter's Mitre 10, which is in Mackay. Near, I think people I don't people don't know where Mackay is. It's near the Sunday Islands. Um, and, yeah, I've spent the last, you know, up until – October last year where I went out on my own, I spent, you know, 11 years um, helping to grow and navigate um, what was a 50 to $60 million business um, with over 200 staff and with deep roots in the Mackay um, region. Um, and obviously a long history with my particular family, me being fifth generation, um, stay profitable and make sure it had enough cash to sustain itself. Um and during that time, I was able to touch and assist our customers and other businesses, um, being a large trade and retail business. There's, there's was lots of tradesmen and builders and plumbers and plasterers and subcontractors that um, were our customers where we needed to support and manage because their success meant our success. Um, and all, all of it came down, down to was managing how money flows within a business. Um, so yeah, Michael, it's been quite the journey, um, and I've really loved every every element of being able to take that, um, you know, the education experience that I got at university, and then also the multinational and national experience I got working in commercial accounting roles in businesses, and put that back into my family's business, and help navigate what was, you know, a mining boom to bust to recovery. Um, and then also touch a lot of also SMEs and MEs being, you know, small to medium enterprises and help them out where our business could help their business survive at certain times and then thrive. And then I thought, well, can I become a contract CFO and still help my family's business and help others with the challenges out there and put all that experience together out into the market and support people because it's challenging. It's definitely challenging to manage both profitability and cash when you're a small to medium organization. It's to, to, to me, I find, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but there are so many businesses that I've seen, and you've probably seen so many as well, where it could be, you know, the business owner could be an amazing business owner. Um, you know, they could be an amazing business manager. They could have a very successful business, but that cash flow. And that profitability piece could be terrible, you know, because whether they don't understand it or they don't know, or whether it's because they don't know where, what's going on. Maybe they've gone through a change 
in the industry or in the, you know, whether there's been a downturn in the economy or something like that, or even something that in their personal life that's occurred that's caused them to step away from the finances of the business. Um, is that something that you would come across a fair bit? Because it's definitely, yeah. and look, cash, a, a cash flows very differently to profit. And there can definitely be businesses where profit and tax are focused on, and they need to be focused on absolutely. But if, the way the cash isn't if the way the cash flows isn't managed equally as importantly or sometimes more importantly the business can actually get into trouble quicker and actually have you know have risk of administration or, in, or insolvency because they actually don't have enough cash to fund the businesses because you know funding a business is very different because funding comes from in many you know startups it's either bootstrapped it's from you know, from the owners themselves, or it could be from friends and family, or, you know, you eventually get to banks and the funding, and that's tricky to get bank funding, you know, that's, it's not easy. Uh, you've got to generally prove yourself a lot and have a certain amount of scale to do that. And then there's the ever-present tax commitments. And for a lot of SMEs and FE, MEs, that falls quarterly. And if that's not managed and put aside, then big lumps of cash can come out at the wrong time, and that can stifle a business, and it can actually cause problems where the business is trying to grow or even survive. So um, I think you've, you've got the three different elements there. You've got to manage the profitability. You've got to manage the tax planning, but you've got to manage the cash because if the cash runs out too, then the other two don't matter. So, uh, and it's different for every industry because you've got um, a lot of industries, you know, are still very much based on that 30 days end of month. And I mean, that means, and a lot of businesses, you've got to pay wages. You've got to pay seven-day accounts, you've got to pay all these other things before you may get that money. And a lot of people may not be at the point or can afford to get the different bank financing. And let's let's face it, banks are hard to get money from. Um, so what I do is helps people sit down and, you know, it, it you can get fancy in what's referred to as the three-way forecast for cash flow that banks need. But usually where I start with a client is, well, you know, you look at that 12 to 16 weeks and we'll look at the week-to-week cash flow basic of what's the money coming in and out. And then once that is under control, I think the owners can sleep at night knowing that you can then build that up into a higher projection so that you can then navigate those periods where the the cash balance may fluctuate um, a lot. And if you can manage the cash balance, the other two, you know, the profitability, as long as you're keeping your revenue above your expenses, the profitability will come you can work on the tax planning and then you win, but it's that kind of that triple play. And I think sometimes the cash flow piece is forgotten. And that's the bit that probably needs a bit more regular attention than maybe the um, you know quarterly or annual reviews of accounts with accountants and other providers. There's there's a role to play um, that could be in, in that month to month kind of cycle with business owners. Do you think that sometimes business owners have a cash flow problem and they don't realize that they have a cash flow problem? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, they do. They just see that um, they don't generally understand. Um, they may look at their balance sheet and the profit and loss and things look good, but then they don't understand why they're running out of cash. And it's usually to do around, the, like I said, the timings of those inputs and outputs, um, the mismatch between when wages need to be paid and tax commitments based, and then putting that together with when the revenue is coming in from suppliers, unless you're a cash business, if you're relying, if you're a trade type business, and I've worked in a lot of them, sometimes you are waiting 30, 
you know, if you're working with bigger companies, unfortunately, you could be waiting 60 and 90 days. And if you don't have a debtor financing facility, now that's where the banks lend you money based on um, what you've got coming in from your bigger customers. And these facilities are good, but they're not cheap. If you don't have that, then you've really got to rely on being able to fund your business sometimes for, you know, one and two months before you'll actually receive the money from the sale, unless you're a cash business. And yeah, sometimes I think the week to week piece is forgotten by the business owners. And that's where I probably come in. I will, you know, work with them on a, you know, monthly basis to make sure that people within their business week to week, they can pay those bills and, you know, they're not having to, to struggle um, and having to push things out and manage all these tricky relationships with suppliers and employees because you don't want those relationships to fall away you need those people to be supporting you to grow your business and if you're leaning on them to you know stretch them out then that can work but there's only so much that can work before you know people get frustrated um and definitely around the tax piece some like around that particularly if you're quarterly you know you're paying your superannuation and your your bass quarterly and your your tax on your profits quarterly that can cut that can surprise you if you haven't put money aside for it. Of course. And, and you know, I mean, and I'm imagining, and I'm doing, and again, I see this in a pers- on a personal level with, with, with clients all the time. But a business owner can potentially have a cash flow problem, not realize it's a cash flow problem, thinks it's another problem. So they might think, for example, oh, we need to, we need to borrow more money, you know, or we need to sack some staff or we need to hire more staff or, you know, they essentially that they're not fixing the root issue. It's like, for example, when I have a client that comes to me that wants help managing their money, they, they think the solution, for example, is getting a, a loan and consolidating all their debts, or they think the solution is to just borrow extra money on top of that. Or, you know, it's it's about going to the root cause of the problem, not trying to fix what it's creating. Yeah, exactly, Michael. And and that's where it is. It's, it's what I'll generally do with a client. You'll look at the... Um, you will look at the profit and loss in the balance sheet. So you will look at if fundamentally they are making enough money and that they have enough key funding sources to support the business. But then you'll look at the timing because the timing is where the cash flow is really important. You will look at the timing of when they're having to pay suppliers and employees and the tax commitments and any loan repayments. But then you'll also match that up with the revenue and when that's coming in. Because sometimes it just might be, and this is where a funding facility may work, if there is if there is a big gap between those, then that line of credit or loan is useful. But then it's only useful in a sense to overcome the timing gap. Where funding can get people into trouble is if they're actually funding losses. So if their profit and loss is actually not making enough money, getting a loan to cover losses is going to get them in more hot water. So that's why you do have to deep dive past the profit and loss and balance sheet into the timing issues of the business. So you go, the, the first thing, you know, you, you just got to make sure the business is profitable. First, if it's not profitable, get that right before you look at funding mechanisms. Um, if the business is profitable, then it probably m- means that you do need to look at a, potentially a funding mechanism or you might need to l- talk to some of your key suppliers and work with them to see if you can get terms that allow you to match the cash received from the revenue more with when you're paying out some of their costs Um, and sometimes that might be a temporary thing or sometimes it might be a permanent thing and if it's a permanent thing that's when those funding facilities can kind of work but um, 
yeah, what I do is actually get down to that and present the owners with those scenarios so that we can actually look at what can be done within the current balance sheet and, you know, owners' funds. And then if there's if if the business is profitable and strong, then you would go out there and talk to some lenders to try and, you know, get some facilities there to, to support them. Or they might not want to do that and it might just require some sort of cash injection. But you're exactly right. You need to understand the root cause so that you're not getting funding for the wrong reason. And one of the key wrong reasons is um, is getting funding to, for losses. And the other thing is with with business owners too is also talking to them about when the when is the most appropriate time or the most appropriate method for them to withdraw money from their business as well. So that's another thing, and you would probably come across that with clients as well. What what is the most effective way for them to take the reward from the success of the business. Yeah, definitely. And and on that note as well, I feel, again, just like financial planning on a personal level, I feel that there's there's such a benefit in having someone like yourself come into the business because just like when I look at a client situation, I look at it from an objective perspective. I look at it from an outsider's point of view and I'm able to usually see things that they can't see. And I'm assuming as a business owner, it's literally the same thing where, you know, um, I mean, I know myself as a business owner, when it comes to uh, running a business, there's like my main priority is my clients and making sure that they're looked after. At the same time, I obviously allocate parts of my days to make sure that my business is operating smoothly so that I'm here in 10 or 20 years and I'm still able to help these people. Um, you know, so, but at the same time, I have advisors that help me because there's other things I can't look at in the business or there are things that I neglect without realizing. So, and I need that reminder. So I see this exactly the same way. If anything, again, a, a business owner, a business is so complex because there's so many different moving parts. It's not just husband, wife, couple of kids, one mortgage, maybe an extra debt for an investment property. There's There are so many other facets to it. And a, and a business is always evolving. You know, like any decent business should look very different one year to what it did the previous year. You know, it should be evolving. It should be growing, you know. And, and with that, I'm assuming that's where having someone like you or, or having someone look at these strategies really helps because – the whole point is to grow, not just to stay stagnant. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a free 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au. That probably comes to a good point. As Me coming into um, the SME and ME space as a um, – look, there's a few different terms for it um, and – I don't really like all the terms that they use, you know, if like, so I'm like a, a contract CFO or a fractional CFO or a virtual CFO, but I actually like to, for me, I like to sit down and understand from a strategic point of view, what does the owner want to get out of this business first? And then, um, and usually, usually, um, Michael, it'll be financial independence. So eventually, usually people, when they're running a business, they want to get something out of it by way of a sale uh, they want the regular profits for income and then they may want to get a sale of it down the track. So for me, it's it's good to get that from an owner because then a lot of strategy can be discussed with them right down to the nitty-gritty detail from there. So I like to do a strategic planning exercise that um, may look at all sorts of different things with them from an industry perspective, from a business performance and benchmark perspective to a growth perspective um, right down to any risk as well. Even talking to them about um, competition, 
Um, it might be their management information systems. Uh, um, but then also to talking to them about their clients and then also to how reliant the business is on them. So what I can do with that strategic plan is um, I can then obviously go in and support them financially and strategically, particularly with a, a focus on the finance piece. But out of that strategic plan, there could be things that could um, be then dispersed to their other advisors like yourself. You know, we might find that, you know, there's we might find that they need a bit more support around how to invest the profits and that would come to you, people like you, of course. There could be issues around estate planning that they need to talk to their solicitor about. There could be issues with their marketing support person where they need to, you know, they might want to grow a particular part of their business that needs a marketing strategy. Um, there would then be the piece around the, the tax and compliance bit where their accountant needs to step in. Now, I'm not going to cover those bits, but doing this strategic plan allows me to understand how to support them from a um, potentially from a strategy and a CFO, you know, ongoing finance and cash flow perspective. But then it'll allow them to go away and le- and talk to their other key support people. So holistically, they're getting the right support from the right people. And as you know, Michael, the, it's, it's very different. That's why all of our specialists exist. And so um, part of my process is two-tiered. It's the strategic piece and the finance piece, but then hopefully giving them enough information to go to the right advisors to keep their whole business on track. And before you mentioned a business, you know, you mentioned if a business is profitable, um, they can, you know, obviously approach things very differently to if they're not profitable. Just to go back to that, how does a business owner work out if they actually are profitable? Uh, what are some tips and tricks and just very basic exercise that a business owner can do to look at the situation or, or their business to work out, okay, is this actually a profitable business? Like, you know, yes, I'm paying the bills, I'm paying the staff, um, I can pay my mortgage, I'm putting food on the table for my wife and kids or my husband and kids, but do I actually have a profitable business? Well, I think it's coming down to getting the disciplines that, you know, some of the bigger businesses have in place. And for a smaller business, I think people may, you know, be afraid of the monthly profit and loss process. But I mean, for a smaller business, it's like, you know, a smaller business may have a bookkeeper or administration team that pulls this together. There's um, there's a few key disciplines that can be put in place so that that business owner can look at their, um, you know, their revenue, their gross profit um, and their net profit every month now you know the gross profit are the the costs that are generally directly attributed to getting the sales and then you've got the overhead costs which are the costs after that to run the business now those are the sorts of things we look at to ensure that the business is profitable and for me i'm a big fan of having that in place monthly Um, you might have more in-depth reviews quarterly, half year, annually, but having those disciplines monthly, and it doesn't take a lot for a small business to do that, I think allows people to sleep at night knowing they're on the right track. Monthly, I think then if, if you're looking at those key drivers, whether your revenue's there, whether your direct costs attributed to the sales are under control, and whether your overheads are either too big or too small for where you want the strategy or business to go, if, you, if you're looking at that monthly and you just if you put the disciplines in place to get those profit and loss out monthly, then you can change if you see opportunities to grow your business or shrink and get um, certain things under control that aren't working quickly, then I think that's going to keep you on track to the strategy of what, what you want to get out of the business eventually. So they're the th- kind of the key things that I would work with with a business owner. And it's very different from, you know, you've got 
very different businesses. Some might have be selling products, some might be selling services. So it's about understanding how all the revenue and costs go together in those just different businesses. And I'm assuming to look at things monthly, proper reporting is required. So, so really, if a business owner doesn't have an accounting software that they use or some way of tracking their, their sales or their revenue and their expenses, they should probably get one. Quick smart. They- yeah, they should probably get one and, and then get the resources in place um, to help starting to measure those things, uh, particularly if they've got growth in mind. Now, there's some great options out there. You know, there's the Zero, Maya, QuickBooks. They've all got entry-level options there for business owners to get up and running with their businesses, even single-person operator. You know, myself as a single-person operator, I use Zero. Michael, you probably use something similar. And then there's so many options out there to then scale these these measurement tools so that you can um, keep on track with your business. Um, some businesses need to get deeper and more complex than others. Um, but yeah, people in my sorts of roles can help people on that journey to advise them when, what tools to use, how to use them, who should drive them and when they uh, suit the business um, and or when they need to change and become more sophisticated. Because I'm a big fan of keeping it simple too, unless it needs to be sophisticated. Because sometimes getting complex, and I've worked in businesses that are more complicated, I don't necessarily think that that's the way. For me, a, a, a profit and loss and balance sheet, um, a lot of the time in big companies, you still need to, to analyze that business on a single page because things get confusing when you're trying to track too many things that don't make a lot of sense to the key stakeholders. So it's all about then... When you're analysing things, keeping it simple so people know what to focus on to turn the corner or turn the dial. So I like to help business owners understand what numbers to look at and what needs to change in terms of action to get the financial results that they want. Yeah, it's um, it's it's such it, to me when I think of a lot of this as well, I think of the the planning stage of a business, like even as a new business, and I'm not sure, and I'm assuming this is also what you do, but if somebody's thinking of starting a business from scratch. To, to look at these things initially, to plan for them and to set up the right processes in place so that they're setting themselves up for success instead of just starting the business, you know, getting the wheels moving essentially and then deciding a year later to start looking at whether they're profitable or not or, or whether money is going to the right place or coming in from the right place and on time, et cetera. Yeah, well, that, that, that's why I think it's great for people to have that strategic planning phase, at least annually. You might set that plan and then at least you know you've got targets to chase to know what's going to make you successful. And um, budgets can be, for single people operators, can be quite simple. Even for smaller businesses, you would you set those targets. and um, But you don't just talk the numbers. You then talk about, like I was saying before, in that strategic planning phase, you, you look at the industry, you look at maybe some benchmarks around that industry, you look at how you can grow, you talk about what resources you need, and you talk about the risks and what realistically is out there that's that's challenging, what strengths you bring, where you need to bring in employees to help, what your competition looks like, um, and then what systems you need to track it. And then um, if, I think if you, if you think about those things at the start of a business and you're thinking about them in depth annually and then you're doing regular even down to quarterly health checks on that strategy, um, then I think that's going to just keep you on the path to success that will eventually lead you to talking to people like yourself, Michael, in your part 
like once that financial, you know, those financial goals are achieved, then you can help them take that those funds and, and grow them even more. Um, but I think people sometimes underestimate what they can actually grow in their business and what returns they can get out of their own businesses. Um, because, I mean, people talk stock markets and all these other things. There's actually a lot you can earn from your own business if you run it really well. No, you are right. They do underestimate it and I see it all the time. It's, uh, it, you know, it's – it's 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 a world that you know most when you're in, as a business owner you know if you sat ten business owners in a room down together and we said okay everyone let's talk about your problems <laughs> about your business problems you know you'll you'll find that the probably eighty percent of their issues will be so similar in one way or another like it's you know we all businesses are going through very similar struggles whether it's a small corner store or a large corporation normally the 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 scope or the, you know, the areas of issues that they always have are normally very similar, you know, whether it's cash flow, obviously we're talking different scales here. If we're talking a bakery compared to a, you know, a bank, but you know, there's always things that always looked at just obviously slightly differently, you know, Um, can you share some or a example without mentioning names, obviously of any situations where you've gone into a business and you've seen, things being done in a particular way. Maybe the owners didn't think there was a problem or maybe they did and how implementing some of these things that you've mentioned have actually produced an outcome, which they probably didn't expect. Yeah. Well, I'll probably give some, um, some recent examples here. It's, it it is generally coming down to where the administration team was under significant pressure. Um, There were monies owed to clients and, they didn't know where to start and they were just getting hounded for money. But at the root cause of that is there'd been a couple of tough, you know, months around the revenue piece. And that obviously had a knock knock on impact to cash flow. But then um, they were coming out of that issue um, in terms of rebuilding the revenue profile. Um, but they didn't have like their, their, their P&Ls were six months behind and, you know, the owner was working really hard to cut costs. He was doing a great thing. But then the administration function was buried under some of those issues that had come from low revenue months in the past. So what it was about there was was reestablishing, making sure that the we had the monthly P&Ls on track. We actually could see what caused the cash issue to start with. But then also then looking at the cash planning and working with the suppliers that were owed money you know, working with them over reasonable periods of time. But but we needed to keep the business running at the same time. So it was like, okay, we need to put a certain amount of money in paying off um, some of those costs owed to supplies that were either overheads or cost of goods sold. But then we also needed to make sure we were funding current wages and um, current cost of goods so that the owner could continue to generate revenue. So it was about breaking all that down into week-to-week cash flows that then were pushed out 12 to 16 weeks. Um, now to the point that I'm discussing with the owner, um, we're now looking forward as to how they can keep on top of, um, you know, how they can stay profitable, what revenue they needed a certain cost of goods that's profitable. We're getting P&Ls, monthly P&Ls out um, within the first 10 days of the month. Um and we're projecting forward to make sure that they can, you know, continue to pay off some of those existing um, issues with suppliers and work really well with the suppliers that have, you know, carried them. 
but we're also making sure we're putting money aside for the tax commitments going forward current and some of those things you know there's lots of businesses that have to that are working with the ato um but then also working with the ato and you know making sure they've got a payment plan in place to pay, pay that off so it was all of it was about validating what had caused the cash issue but then very quickly establishing a plan so that the business could keep operating and wasn't shut down by legal action or turned off by the ATO. And a lot of that was about making sure that the owner had valid information because the other thing they want to look at, if, if you can't get the business to a point where it's actually, its current trading is profitable, then you are really in a situation where you need to look at whether it's worth continuing or not. Um, because, you know, you, then you have issues around insolvency and director's obligations. So it was around quickly establishing, could this business actually be profitable going forward? Yes, it is. Okay, let's now, this is how we keep it operating and this is how we pay everyone back. And this is how going forward we can then eventually turn it around so that you can get dividends out of the business again. Yeah, well, so, so it wasn't just about making sure the business survives. It was about making sure it excels moving forward yeah so it's about the well for the, you know sometimes in people in those situations it's about it's about determining whether there is and you know a lot of insolvency people will do this it's about determining with the director whether there is a going concern with the business so that was had to be established pretty quickly because if if there was too much of a stretch from reality in terms of what the business owner needed to do then maybe it is best to shut the business down. But in a lot of instances, it's it's not the case. There's usually a few tweaks. You know, sometimes the heavy lifting might be done and we just haven't seen it come through the figures yet. So it's it's really about sitting down and establishing those, you know, I like to look at those monthly profit and loss to see if that business is a going concern. Once it is a going concern, then we can work out that plan of can it be a success going forward? And then we can also deal with... Um, amicably deal with suppliers and the ATO and you know other people that have lent the company money to make sure we keep everyone on the same page so that the business can return to a point where it's successful and profitable and everyone's paid so it can yeah. be done yeah you know and sometimes it's worse than what the client thinks and sometimes it's better than what the client thinks <laughs> yes yes and they don't know if they don't know you know they, they don't, they don't know, know what they don't, they don't know. know and if they don't yeah. contact someone like yourself for example um they will probably never know you know yeah Gavin thank you so much for your time um I really do appreciate this discussion you know it's in I know for a fact that some people that have contacted me throughout this business series will get a lot out of this because these are some of the issues that I've heard about recently from a couple of business owners even you know so if somebody wanted to contact you what would you say would be the best way for them to do that um yeah well so you can get hold of me my uh, my my business's name is Gavin S. Porter Business Advisory. That's my name. You can get hold of me on gavin at gspadvisory.co. You can look at my website, which is www.gspadvisory.co. And or you can just call me on 0408 812 120. Um, and yeah, I'd love to hear about your businesses. I'd love to see if I can help you out. And more importantly, I'd love to work with you and your current advisors to achieve success because um, that's I'm trying to complement the current advisor structure in place and that also might be um, working with your tax and compliance accountant so I can complement the services they're already offering to you. Yeah. Um, so that's how you can get hold of me. Um, I live in Mackay. 
I'm keen to do virtual CFO work, but I'm keen to get in front of you face to face as well. Um, and it's not, it's now as things are starting to open up a bit, I can travel to see people, but I'm also very happy to work with people through Zoom and Teams and those sorts of things. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things these days where it's actually even though people can now see each other face to face, Zoom is so convenient. Um, and you know, and and for example, I've got clients on the other side of Australia, for example. I, I mean, even in your situation, like it's you know, sometimes somebody in a different state is better off having an ideal advisor on Zoom than having having to settle for second best, for example, because they just live around the corner. You know, so absolutely, and um, yeah, I yeah, I would love to work with people um across the country um because I know that there's some great businesses out there, and yeah, I'm keen to get involved, and I'm keen to work with you know to see where I can fit for you know even those small businesses around the million dollar a year mark, even a bit less, I can play a role up to you know the fifty sixty million dollar businesses um where I have been the CFO, so. Don't hesitate to get in touch because, yeah, um, there's there might be a certain role I can play to help your business, um, you know, thrive and so you as an owner can achieve that financial independence you're looking for. That's it. No, thank you, Gavin. And uh, and lastly, I like to finish my episodes off with a dad joke. Um, so the today's dad joke is why did – I tried to find an accountant joke, by the way, but they were terrible. <laughs> Terrible or offensive, so I just didn't bother getting into it. <laughs> Why was the robot so tired after his road trip? He had a, he had a hard drive. <laughs> Good one, Michael. I know. Honestly, some of these accountant ones were well. I mean, the offensive ones were. Yeah, it's it's it's. I don't know. I, I think accounting is one of those things. It's not the most. It's not the most. I mean, financial planning is very similar. It's not the most uh, exciting of all discussions to talk about. That's probably the easiest way to put it when it comes yeah. to money. It's money's money, you know, but yeah. it's the I goals think, are exciting. People's yeah, lives well, are exciting. Businesses are exciting. So for me, what excites, you know, what excites me about accounting, I don't like to talk to the accounting. I like to talk to people about what they're doing that actually influences the numbers. That's the exciting yeah. part for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's where I can achieve the best results with clients, Talk, getting them to talk to me about their businesses and then we will, you know, talk about how that is actually turning the numbers a certain way. It's the outcome. It's, it's yeah, absolutely. how it makes them feel. It's, yeah, yeah. No, it's awesome. Yeah. Again, thank you so much, Gavin. I really appreciate your time. And um, I'll put your website in the description of this episode so anyone that needs that can always find that as well and click on it to go straight there to get in contact with you. Okay, great, yeah. Michael. It's been great thank to you. chat. Likewise. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on Sharing More Than The Sheets. Please make sure you subscribe to be updated with future episode releases and feel free to share this episode with any friends or family that you think it might benefit. Please visit us at sharingmorethanthesheets.com.au to submit questions or requests for future podcast topics. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au.